Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Don't forget to use promo code DNVR25 to get 25% off your purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman, the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons, and on this episode, we're only talking about the third game in the series. I don't even remember the first two. They didn't play any other games in this set. As far as I'm concerned, the Rockies go one for their last one against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Have not lost to those guys in the last single entire game that they played them. Charlie Blackman with the walk-off home run in the bottom of the 10th inning. Uh, Patrick, you, you were you calling on him to have a big second half already. We've been talking about his big brother fun uncle energy all year but also that he's not done yet being a quality baseball player and uh, you know we're going to get into uh, some of the Rockies best performers in the first half here in just a little bit and spoiler alert Charlie Blackman not on the list however he he takes the day today any day no matter what your goal is even the the most cynical of people who want the Rockies to lose as many games as possible or, or, or whatever else, just you want to beat the Dodgers. Anytime you beat the Dodgers, it's a good day to be a Rockies fan. So first two, yeah, I got a little ugly. But indeed, B Camp, cheers your Breck brew at this moment to Chuck Nasty. We can talk about a lot of different things from this weekend. Let's Probably we should keep it to just today. So super chats are welcome well, if you do want to get into any other business. Yeah, it's just I mean, right. it's strange. We actually haven't done a, po- a proper post game show on the Rockies in over a week now. At this point, right. obviously All Star break came up as well as the All Star game and festivities. Uh, we were, uh, I guess, we really should talk about this in, in the proper light now that some time has passed. We were invaded by John Boy Media. John Boy and Jake we came there, kind of took over our studios. Uh, forcefully, uh, we, we, will, we will work on trying to uh, recover from that. And we have here, we're talking about real Rockies baseball, and, and what do you know? It They do it, and they do it well. In, in a game in which they were two hit, like going into the eighth inning, they had only tallied two hits yeah. all game, and it, it didn't look great. They were in it, you know, it was still a closed ball game. But it's, you know, similar to, you know, a lot of games this year, and and I, and I think it, it's almost true of of a lot of teams, unless you are you have a special group where you just go. It, it's not your day. The score is close. The score is close, but you know it's not necessarily your day. You, I never got that sense in 2018 that the Rockies couldn't come back and win games, and boy, did they do that a lot in late July, August, in September. Right. And they they were going to do it, and oftentimes they did. And this was a game where you go, hey man, one swing of the bat, you never know. No, no, not 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 maybe this group, maybe not today. There's just a vibe in the ballpark, whatever it is. They're not going to come from behind, and yet they did. You know what's funny? Two it's, hits in seven innings. Every other back game and this year, every other game this year, I, I've I've felt that way about. Yeah. I've, I've been shocked by these, but for some reason, man, and I can't put my finger on what it was. I felt like they had this one today. I, okay. Today, and I, and it, there's no logical explanation for this because, and, and especially once Estevez is blowing it there, right? Once he gives up the two run yacker 
that, that swings the score back their direction and, and all the momentum that you've just gained has been lost. But there was something about, I don't know, the, the Dodgers not playing a clean game. I think that that's always kind of a part in your subconscious because they had that dumb error that cost them there. Um, the, the other play, the, the Matt Adams RBI hit uh, off of Justin Turner at third, a, a better, cleaner defensive play there keeps the Rockies off the board a couple of times, you know, so we're even talking about even there, um, the, the ball, uh, that, that Estevez gave up the home run on was just funky as hell. It was nowhere near the strike zone, but it was also a bad pitch. So you're just going, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe something to do with the way John pitched. I believe you No, because this, this is a thing, right? And you know, those feelings that you get, like maybe they're not out of it and they can come back. You're not going to be right every time. Right. You might be right most times. And this year, I, I believe that you got it. Right. This year Mal- I've never thought, oh, they're coming back. And to it's to that back. point, right? It's yeah. to that point. Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink, is essentially all about your instincts and yeah. how you don't know. It's, it's just a split decision. You go, I don't know why I, I took a step to the left in this moment. And sure enough, the car came, blew through the red light. There is something going on. And so you saw all of these things that you didn't necessarily know were going on, but at a certain point in the game, you had that sense of there's something at work here. All of those reasons that you just indicated, something else is a, is, is at play, you know? And, and I didn't have that sense today. I had put up for, for all the fr- all of our friends and, and family in the Discord, I go, hey, is John Gray going to give up a run in the first inning, right? Chi-Chi, Kyle Freeland did it the last two days. It's something that, you know, when the Rockies aren't at their best at various times, it's because they're giving up a run in the first inning. Go back and look in 2019. It happened a lot, and it really put them behind. And a lot of people feeling good said thumbs up. He's gonna have a scoreless inning. I said thumbs down. I thought he was gonna give up a run there in the first, especially they, you know, Dodgers mixing up Bellinger leading off. You go, there's some. They're gonna score a run, and they didn't. Right? My instincts were wrong on that today. Your instincts were right. Yeah, and, and we'll get back to, to John in a second, but I'll tell you where I questioned my instincts later in the game. I, I will say <laughs> when Trevor Story came to the plate in the bottom of the 10th, already with the golden sombrero, runner mm-hmm. at third, one out, and you're just going, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> like, there's – because – it doesn't matter. Obviously it does not matter if the Rockies win this game. We, we've talked about all this before, but if Trevor story strikes out for the fifth time there and strands, the tying run at third, um, that's just absolutely brutal for him for, for where he's at, whatever traded, not traded, whatever. That's just, just for, for the person in that moment, everyone's competitive, right? We talk about whether or not the Rockies should have been trying to win or lose games from a front office standpoint, once you're out there on the field managing and playing baseball games, you're doing everything you can to win. And, you know, then the count runs full. And I thought, oh, no, he's going to strike out. And the Rockies are going to leave the tying run at third after they should have had, you know, they had two outs and they should have stranded their auto runner, their California runner at second. Every opportunity to have stranded that guy. But Will Smith comes up with the two out single, killed him in this set. And you go, but then the Rockies have Garrett Hampson. What a gift. They get him to third. Perfect team at bat from Elias Diaz. And then Story and they're going, just don't strike out. It's the most 
this like relaxing sacrifice fly all season. <laughs> and that, you know, that just goes to show you where your head needs to be at to play baseball at, at any level, right? right? Or at least to be successful at any level. I, over this weekend had some, a, a very close friend staying and we were talking about just mottos and ethos of life. And it came back to something that, you know, people point out to me a lot that I like to say, and I'm just, I'm just repeating what I hear a lot of baseball players say about, you know, ultimately, if you are great at your job, if you are one of the most elite hitters in the profession, in the baseball world, you will fail seven out of 10 times. Yeah. That's insane. And you, and if you fail eight out of 10, you're not even going to be in the league anymore because yeah, you're batting 200, <laughs> which like, think about that margin of error, error, right? Yeah. But how players just from, you know, not even just week to week or game to game at bat to at bat, you have to flush it, right? You got to do that in your personal life in different ways. And just kind of, sometimes you learn from your mistakes. Other times you just got to flush it. And in a way you go still after striking out four times, it's clearly not Trevor Story's day. Who would you rather have up in that spot, right? A couple guys, you know, were had, had scuffled away some hits. I mean, Ryan McMahon was the guy that you probably would feel most confident if he was a little bit hotter, uh, you know, had, had a better over, overall game at the plate. Right. You go, McMahon, but ultimately you go, no, you want a veteran up there to just hit the ball hard, hit the ball far, sacrifice fly, and that's precisely what you got from Trevor's story. Oh, sure. A rookie could do something like that too, but it's probably less likely. Like that would be a, that would be a huge deep dive into data is sure. looking at things like that, especially like on a full count, like that makes it even more harder where you're just trying to put the bat on the ball, maybe hit the ball the, the opposite way on the ground to second base. Yeah, who knows? But ultimately story got it done. And in a weird, you're right. You don't want them up there and you go, Oh no, this is a bad spot. But there's another part of your brain that you go, after he gets the job done, you go, oh, yeah, oh, I should have figured he would have right. done it, right? Yeah, of course he would. I mean, you can look at some very small sample size, but just the inning before, you know, bottom of the ninth, Ryan McMahon starts the thing, by the way, uh, ends up basically earning the first earned run against Kenley Jansen in over 14 innings. Guy had been on a roll, has been fantastic this year for the Dodgers. Gets the leadoff double, which really, really puts the team in a good spot. Chris okay. Owings comes up. Uh, with the hit there, but then you've got a couple of young guys who've got a chance to really work the situation now. You've got one out, you've got speed at first in Chris Owings, you've got speed at the plate in Sam Hilliard, and you've got speed on deck in Garrett Hampson. And I think Hilliard and Hampson, between the two of them, saw three, maybe four pitches, and the inning was over, you know, a couple of quick outs. And that's where, you know, Trev went up with a golden sombrero. And he knows he's struck out four times in the game already. And the first pitch was a perfect fastball, 95 miles an hour low and away. And he just looked at it and went, okay, strike one. Then he saw a couple of pitches out away from him. Got it, you know, worked the count in his favor. Then saw a 3-1 pitch that caught the zone. Wasn't too antsy there. Was, was willing to take the pitch. You're like, oh, my God, you're killing us. But that's what he was able to do that Hilliard and, and Hampson just swung at the first thing that looked good. Innings over in a, in a flash. So that's yep. the small sample size. You want to dive into the data for sure. That's the. And Bickford uh, was just working them down and away, like every spot. And the ball that he ended up hitting was, was a lot like the second strike, right? With the fifth pitch of the at-bat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was, it was pretty much right around the same Not general spot. Him, yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the sixth and final pitch, a little bit over the heart of the plate. But again, that goes to show you, you know, these, yeah, these, 
I understand why some folks are, you know, don't want to hear, oh, they're grinders. It's like, well, they should be. They should be doing those things. Yeah. Okay, fine. But not every team gets that done. Not every Smart, team man. comes back to actually, you know, win those games and, and in the fashion that, you know, the, the Rockies did. And and there are teams that do check out. And, you know, it. I thought, you know, at, at a certain point in this game, you go, well, they're playing the Dodgers, A. Dodgers have the Rockies numbers right now, number right now. That's that. You also have, you know, coming into a second half, what's your goal? Like, you know, what I don't know that the Rockies necessarily even have a team goal, right? Individuals have a goal and you go, eh, maybe that's even better, right? A bunch of individuals jump in and they're like, man, I got to have a good final, you know, two and a half months of the season so I can make my impact and maybe secure a spot next year, whatever it is. Some guys are going into free agency. Some guys uh, are, they only have one more year of control left. So they're like, Hey, maybe I can showcase myself for an off season trade to go somewhere. Again, whatever, whatever chip on your shoulder you need to have, whatever you need totally. to be focused on, it's probably more on an individual basis than it is a team basis. And so maybe you say that's going to bode well, you know, better for them than, than not. But they came out a little bit flat. The, the, the first uh, two games scored some runs, but less than you would think at home starting pitching, you know, wasn't as good, but wasn't atrocious. Well, and you go, yeah, they get swept by the Dodgers. All right, it's going to take them a, a second to get back in the groove. And, and it did, but they got in that groove when it mattered. And at the end of the day, <laughs> stops the Dodgers winning streak, gives them another W at home, uh, gives them another victory in, the, uh, in day games. They're 21 and 23 in the daytime. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's something. Right. It's that's, something. That's a thing. That's it's a, a thing. thing. It's a day to dive. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, true to all of that, right? I think, and also, Patrick, you, you do sort of get to hang your head high if you're a silver linings type of person, if you like to look into those things. And the because the first game, right? The second they came out, we're like, well, COVID issue, a bunch of Rockies, oh including today's starting pitcher, are out. And you just went, well, okay, they're losing this one. I mean, I know, again, our, our friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook, in fact, Now's a good time to go into that. But everybody was getting on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and and uh, D-Line and, and Andre and everybody hopped up. We sent a thing out, uh, and I told everybody I had I had taken the under for the game. I said, bail, 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 bail. Get off of that under. Because, and, and look, we know Chi-Chi has managed to be solid at times this year. We also know he's gotten tagged at times this year. But also when you're just kind of getting thrown into a game a couple of hours, before yeah. and, and who knew how long he was going to be able to go. So you knew that was going to be a disaster the second that news came out. You can't you can't beat the Dodgers with like just whoever's at the ballpark that day, um, right? And, and so yeah. Oh, let me let, let me finish the ad right before I get back into the baseball stuff. So do that on the DraftKings Sportsbook. That's why you got to pay attention. Always be paying attention out there. Place your bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, usually take the unders in those home. Rockies games, unless, of course, the starting pitcher is removed a couple of hours before a game, then bail on that thing, take the hard over. Uh, sometimes you can change those things in the middle of games. You know, maybe you can switch it around when certain bullpen pieces are coming in. That can be smart. But check, it's always fun betting on overs, unders, and runs, and strikeouts, and who's going to hit home runs, and those types of fun things. And pitch to pitch. You can do that if you need oh, yeah. to. If, you had, if you've got the Drew Creaseman vibes going yeah. and you can feel what's going to happen and you have that indicator, go ahead, man. Put some money on it. You know what? Yeah. I know it's a it's a 3-0 count, but I think the next pitch is going to be a ball. It's going to be a four-pitch walk. 
boom, you can cash in on that on uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook. Love doing stuff like that. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR when you sign up. Turn $1 into $150 in free credits when you bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game. If they do, you will claim $150 in free credits. Promo code DNVR for limited time only. At DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And since we're giving them the love, we might as go might as well go right into. Well, I'll, I'll give it'll be a slight distance. We'll go chronologically. I'll hear. I was doing the Silver Linings podcast. Talk to okay. So first game, you go. You know, like that. Second game, free gave him free kept a minute. Freeland pitched well. Uh, it, it was a much closer game through the first five was six innings than it, you know it would appear when you just look at the final score. But when you got to go the Rockies minus side guys, sometimes games are going to get out of totally out of hand and that game got totally out of hand sometimes we go to the rockies plus side guys games get totally out of hand. So. well he was he was even making a start a day early he was supposed to go on sunday so even even he got you know screwed up by you know the the covid protocols and and sensatella going on the the uh covid uh protocol il list again still don't even know and again that that's that's private information as it as it should be in personal information um, if anyone even has uh, COVID, if anyone even contracted it, right? right. So we, we don't necessarily know that, but right. But Freeland had to go on uh, short rest too, and you know got a quality start, you know. So that that does, I think, uh, at least against the Dodgers and at home. Yeah, got to give him credit and say, okay, that's a good start. And again, Absolutely. that's hopefully that narrative doesn't change. Like, oh, the Rockies pitching has been so strong this year. Look, if you do well at Coors Field, or if you do average at Coors Field. You still deserve that credit. Not, also, yeah, but they've all been pitching great. So now all of a sudden, they can't. Six yeah. innings, three earned runs is like slightly worse than average. No, that's still that's better than that. That's still above average. Right. And what? What? Ninety percent of the damage against him came from Mookie Betts. Um, <laughs> I was like, I was like, Kyle, walk him. He's uh, he's pretty fresh from not having. Ironically, yeah, yeah the the first place he has to go after the all-star break that he didn't participate in is Colorado. So he's, he's got to come here whether he likes it or not. How about this stat from Wild the Innocent? 10 walk-off wins to only nine road wins. Yeah. Amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Rockies. But anyway. It's, it's entertaining. You know, that that's – Yeah. We're, there was – I don't know that I was worried too much this off season about doing the job that we do, you know, to, to pull down the fourth wall because it's baseball. We're going to love it. And even if it isn't terribly exciting and there are times obviously that it's not exciting and there's going to be those more of those times coming up, it's baseball. It's going to be fantastic. But the Rockies man for all of the trials and tribulations they've had, particularly on the road, they have provided so much excitement and super entertaining like sean was saying yeah. in the comments like this is the most fun i've ever had watching a terrible team it's like yeah they're they're we i've and i kind of was feeling that at the beginning of the year too because i just and maybe it's because of the practice i've had of remembering <laughs> the years when clint barmas was the best colorado rocky right before you know the the todd and the toddlers and right before they got real good or, or you know the the times when it was helton and larry walker and then nobody. Remember that in the year 2000, when Todd Helton flirted with 
hitting 400 and put up all those obscene numbers that he he did that that offense as a whole was one of the worst in the history of the Colorado Rockies you know featuring guys like Todd Zeal and shit and you're just like it was just boring like they were just bad and boring and it sucked and this team is bad but a whole lot of fun they are and if you're at the game yesterday I mean you got to see Albert Pujols which is something in the last decade Rockies fans today. haven't been able to yeah like totally. that's Look that was also wild yeah, and, and that now that it wasn't the game-winning run, <laughs> the hit he got off Lucas Gilbreth uh, allowed him to pass Willie Mays on the all-time hit. Like those, that's it. what go, sorry, going to a that. game like Can that. You pass again. Say that name again slower. I'm William sure. <laughs> yeah. Hayes Mays. Actually, I'm not sure what the middle name, but <laughs> Willie Mays for eleventh all-time. And passing Willie Mays in anything. <laughs> it's yeah. I, I remember just going to a game, and I think Don Mattingly had scored his one thousandth run. Which again, you don't make a big deal necessarily at the runs, but I was like, that's that's a milestone. You know what I mean? If if it goes up on the scoreboard as 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 an event or something like that, that that's a special game. And, yeah. and so that you go, oh, it was one hit. He was going to pass him eventually, but just to say again, that's why you go to the ballpark. You never know what's going to happen. Just to say that you were there that day again, just to even see pools. Wow, cool, great. Look at this future Hall of Famer, and right. then he does what he does again. It's it's. That's why fans are still going to Coors Field in droves. So the second game, I, I really did think, you know, that, w- that was a competitive baseball game right up until it wasn't anymore. But still, great stuff out of Kyle Freeland, which is the most important thing. One of the top five most important things for this team of people that are on it right now, who you want to succeed for the Rockies' future, Freeland's got to be at or near the top of that list, maybe only behind Brendan Rodgers. Um so seeing him do stuff like that against this Dodger squad, not the the full on, you know, they, they've got a few pieces out, but still. And then today's draft king of the game, again, reminding us, Patrick, of your point that, yes, the Rockies starting pitching while, you know, rough for Chi-Chi in the first game, you know, five runs in the first inning. John Gray comes out. And had a scary moment early. Gives up the two-run shot to Justin Turner early on after just two. They got two extra outs in that inning. That's so frustrating. The old John Gray would have given up three or four more runs there because of the way that happened. Because of feeling like he already should have been out of the inning. A swinging bunt hit to the opposing pitcher. who has been in the American League for most of his career. He's like seven <laughs> at-bats in his life. And he gets a swinging bunt hit. And then he should have been doubled up by Garrett Hampson back at first base, but throws offline. And so the inning should have been over. And he's still out there pitching to Justin Turner. Makes a pretty good pitch on a fastball out of way. Turner hits it over the right field scoreboard for a two-run jack. And it's just like, how do you not just throw your mid into the dirt, scream a ton of obscenities, and just break things at that point? Like, And, and you know, he has the lead, too. He's he's up one nothing. Ah, I might have blown this lead. Offense is is really scraping by a little bit. Yeah. Incidentally, that was the fifth career hit for David Price. Only 57 plate appearances Oof. to that point in his career. Again, wow. yeah, playing playing most of his career uh, in the American League. This is actually his first year in the National League, even though he may have won a World Series ring last year. He didn't play. He, oh, he, right. Right? He opted. He sat out. He has to have. But he would have been there in the 
in yeah. spring training. Not spring yeah. training 1.0 because we didn't call it that. If we had called it spring training 1.0, people would have said, wait a minute, Illuminati. Hold on. What are you doing? Like What's going on? SNL bit. Why did you call it World War One? Oh, no, never never mind that. Never mind that. It doesn't no no. We we need to get to the bottom of that. What are you trying to do? Like we're branding, but don't worry about it. Whoa, what? Yeah, no. So he probably earned a ring, but this is his first in uh, officially in the National League and yeah, he doesn't bat very much and he shouldn't have to. So you're right, like that's kind of a dagger. You go, just it's gonna be one of those days. But but he turns it around, goes seven innings, strikes mm-hmm. out seven, doesn't give up any other offense to this Dodgers team on a hot day at Coors Field. And it all really came back to that one pitch. You take back one pitch, that's seven scoreless mm-hmm. dominant innings. Um, or, or if Hampson makes the play, who, who knows what happens there, but, uh, yeah, really, really good stuff from John Gray. And as I've said before, no, I, I don't think they're going to trade him. If they were going to, his, his stock would be rising because he's been so good this year. Um, but you, you, you just love to see it, like just watching the games and, and getting quality pitching like that and, and not seeing a, a guy fall apart early after some struggles and, and really just the career arc. I think it's been one of the most satisfying career arcs of, of anybody I've watched in a Colorado Rockies uniform who's really managed to overcome the demons. Because there have been those guys who showed up and were awesome. Larry Walker and Todd Helton were just dope from the get-go and had awesome careers, and they were great. It's awesome. Cargo, well, you got that like two-month period when he was bad at the beginning, and then the rest of the time we loved him. John's really had to overcome some stuff in his career and really have to work through some demons and some bad press and some big moments that he blew, obviously the wild card game and everything that went on there. And, and to see him come out the other side of it and be able to, to pitch a game like he did today against this caliber of team and, and be so calm about it and be so matter of fact about being able to do it. I was like, yeah, man, you've come a really long way. And be a guy that, you know, should he enter, uh, free agency, you know, I, I I gave you some crap about maybe John Gray signing an extension because up until a couple of days ago, it pretty much is unheard of. And I think because of the looming issues with the CBA, you saw Matt Barnes sign a deal. Uh, maybe that's a little more of an exception because he hasn't been great throughout his career, but he he uh, sticks around with Boston for a little bit. But then even maybe one of the, the top free agent pitchers going on the market this year in Lance Lynn, signing an extension with the White Sox, you go, well, maybe there is hope. And even if there isn't, that's fine. If we're talking just about John Gray and his trajectory, you go, he gets on the market. We were you know, surprised by what Tyler Chatwood would got, uh, Tyler Chatwood mm-hmm. got in free agency. <laughs> you might be surprised by, by John Gray. And again, talking about his, his arc, he was Jonathan Gray for a while. And I only bring that up because recently I was listening to, to right. something they're talking about, you know, top prospects or guys coming out of Oklahoma and without skipping a beat, the person just called him Jonathan Gray. And I thought, mm, was that's someone from Oklahoma. It was not, no, okay. no, it was just someone, I guess, recalling back, you know, data of like, Hey, this prospect at the time when he was being scouted was Jonathan Gray. And so they kind of, again, if you, if you, right. you're in that world where you just focus on prospects, prospects you don't know what happens to them. Prospect, right. <laughs> like whatever happened to that guy. And you're like you know, the guy that was skipped by like 24 teams, he became the best player in baseball. Oh really? Michael Trout did. Yes. Michael Trout became a phenomenal player. 
And and there are those guys that that have uh, that pedigree attached to them that don't go on to do much of anything. So right. you know, you're right about about John Gray and. Uh, it's funny you alluded to the you referenced the wild card game. He loves giving up big hits to pitchers. I tell you, it's <laughs> but but to your point, he rebounds this time. He's learned he from does. that era yeah. error, yeah. right? Yeah, it's about the next run you don't give up. Yeah, yeah, it it's been Wonderful. really really cool to see, and uh, uh, I for one hope we we get to keep watching it for quite some time. Either way, yeah. we'll we'll keep watching him wherever he goes. We'll all keep watching John Gray. He'll he'll be one of those ones that I think everyone will root for um, forever. You know, either way. The, the real question is, and and we we've got a way to go, but it, it take thirty seconds. Does John is John Gray basically? If he goes elsewhere, does he become the next DJ LeMahieu, where the rest of the world oh, totally falls in love with him? But yeah, it, yeah, just third in the AL Cy Young Award vote, yeah. right? That's exactly that's, what you, that's exactly what's gonna happen for sure. That is for sure. that is precisely what. Happen. <laughs> yeah. Can uh, we talk about Charlie Blackman though? Like even before his walk off homer. We can and we should because you're right. The walk-off homer. Now, I've got to mention that it was very beefy, Patrick. I do because I know where you're going to go. We're going to go away from the beef for a minute. We're going to go to some leanness. But we got to talk about the beef first. Well, beef can be lean as well. The Wagyu beef, absolutely delicious, though, from our friends at Hassle Cattle Company. It basically makes up 70% of my diet these days. Ground beef, ground chuck, award-winning hamburgers, steaks on the special evenings with the lady. Have a little bit of bacon. Did I mention the bacon in the morning? If I didn't, if I did already, it's worth mentioning twice because the bacon is absolutely amazing. It's life changing. We've started having it for dinner. Was it? You put it. We put it on pizza and stuff. It's. I mean, it is amazing. Get. Yeah. It pairs well with ice cream. A little topping on some nice ice cream, right? I, I've never done the bacon ice cream. Salty. Thing, okay. That's next. That's next. It'll be what if. if if anything can make it work, it'll be Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu beef. I, I do. I, I know I, I sound like a commercial. I guess it is a commercial. But look, folks, I really do love the stuff. It, it's delicious. I love that they take care of the animals. They don't pump them full of hormones and antibiotics and all that garbage. It's really bad for them. It's bad for you. You don't want to put that stuff in your body. It's bad for the environment, ultimately. And it's not like it's saving you money. Go check them out. Seriously, go to H-A-S-S-E-L-L-CattleCompany.com. It's HassleCattleCompany.com. Check out the prices. It's nowhere near what you might think. You're like, oh, that sounds like specialty beef. I'm going to get much cheaper stuff at the grocery store. Probably not, especially if you're getting the promos on the ground beef and the ground chuck and all that type of stuff. Highly, highly recommend. You can also use promo code DMBR10 to get 10% off. Can't do that at the grocery store. And you'll get free shipping. If you order over 200 bucks, one last time, it's H-A-S-S-E-L-L-CattleCompany.com. Patrick, a lot of beef the last couple of years. We know that from Chuck Nasty. We know we can still swing it. Happy to see him with the big walk-off homer. But before that, he showed he could steal, steal. He could still steal, yes. Before, before the fly ball from Charlie Blackman. He he was ground Chuck, right? To 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 pick a something ground from Hassle Cattle Company. He was ground yeah. Chuck, yeah. right? Stole a base. It was his first one of the season. Why the heck would that be important? Well, look it up. Uh, that is now the eleventh consecutive season that he has stolen a base. And I thought, 
Huh. All right. Let me fire up the old baseball number machine. How do I research something like this? Baseball references, fantastic as stat head. And I just stopped for a second. I go, who the hell has even played for 11 seasons for the Rockies? Okay. All right. That narrows our list down pretty quickly. We look at Todd Helton. He never really stole a bunch of bases, which I know. Uh, but maybe one. All you need is one every year. No, he's not even close. Carlos Gonzalez. He's stolen a lot of bases. Yeah, I would have thought. He stole a base every year with the Rockies. But he was only on the Rockies for 10 seasons. So going into this year, it was Charlie, it was Carlos Gonzalez, and boom, what do you know? Charlie Bachman has the franchise record for stolen bases in 11 consecutive seasons. So I thought, you know, that opens up the debate. Is he the greatest base stealer? in franchise history there's a, there's a couple names you maybe could argue but what is your th- initial instinct on that well, that conversation so it's funny because my my initial instinct was absolutely not no way no 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 way eric young willie Tavares, juan pierre those guys come to mind right those Naturally. guys were prolific base dealers who would swipe 50 bags in a season uh, a couple of times. I don't know if Pierre ever actually got 50 for the Rockies. I know he had over 60 stolen bases several times in his career. His rate was really good. Eric Young's rate was not that great. So that's when we get into this conversation about what does it mean to be greatest. I still think, Precisely. you know, if, if if you're talking about just pure base stealer, you're probably looking at a guy like Willie Tavares. But I think where you get really interesting is if you're if you say who's the greatest base runner in Rockies history because the art of stealing a bag and and Chuck was really good at it for a while there as well he had a he's got a thirty stolen bag season in his career but um, you know his rate how often do they get thrown out very very important too but like Larry Walker Charlie Blackman is a great base runner in ways that even guys like say Dexter Fowler who had much better overall speed once he was in motion or even Rymel Tapia on this team who's much faster than Charlie Blackman he's not a better base runner um Blackman knows how to read when the ball's going to get down if it's going to be in the gap how to cut the bases a little bit tighter you know, how to get first to third balls you can go on uh, that, you, you know, knowing exactly his speed versus the guy's arm, knowing when, like today, uh, the pitcher isn't paying attention to you, maybe. So you can get a little extra and you swipe a bag, not because you're you've got blazing raw speed like he used to a few years ago, but uh, because he's using his smarts. And so in that way, I think that Charlie Blackman is almost certainly a top three or four base runner in Rockies history. All right. To take those names that you just said, Fowler took him a while to get going. 66% stolen base percentage, right? Not, not great. Charlie is actually only at 70%. He's actually Mm. only at 70%. Juan Pierre, 74%. Uh, He, I think is, he's second for uh, um, most caught stealing in a season. Uh, Eric Young was caught twice, 19 times in a season. Juan Pierre, had a season where he was caught 17 times, but it was a little bit around, right around where, where Charlie Blackman's at. And Randall Toppy is actually at 80%. So I think I think I think the debate goes, all right, Charlie 
maybe is is a he's pretty far back in, in third place. But if we want to cut it off, uh, at least for today's show, uh, he's 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 one of the top three in the conversation. You go all time Eric Young, right? Just for uh, his career stolen bases, and then for the success rate, and then for the single season record in the guy you mentioned, uh, Willie Tavares, uh, yeah. EY Senior, also stole six bases in a game. That's the franchise record. Uh, Fowler stole five in a game. Tavares also stole five. Uh, one interesting thing I found was, all right, well, does anybody have uh, a perfect record? And and Tavares, for guys who have had at least 100 stolen bases, he's tops. I think he's at like around uh, 88%, something yeah. like that. So he's he's in the elite area, right? He's at 86%. Uh, Kaz Matsui would be, again, he only had 40 career stolen bases with the Rockies. He's at 89%. But if you want to look at perfect stolen base records, who what what's the number? You're not going to come up with the name. Who, <laughs> most stolen bases without getting caught in Rockies history. Nine. You're right there. Seven by Jeff Baker. <laughs> okay. Five by Sam Hilliard. So that's still an active streak. I was going to say that's going, on right mark. that's going on right now. And then third would be Jeff Fry, who I vaguely – I didn't necessarily remember he was on the Rockies. It wasn't very long. He was, I think, a middle infielder with the, the Rangers mostly. He had four. Fuentes uh, and, and Jeff Salazar also had two. Uh, and then uh, the, really the top Jeff, three. That's funny. Oh. <laughs> All right, so, so tied for third place for most interesting perfect stolen base record. Tied for third, pitchers Masato Yoshi and Bill Swift. Tied for third. <laughs> Uh, second most, second most, um, uh, second best, most interesting name, uh, Benny Agbayani. He had one, mm. and then number one all time. He only had two, but still, you go perfect stolen base record with the Rockies. Good on you, Mister Golden Thong, Jason Giambi. Perfect two for two. No, I'm gonna need to see photographic no no i'm gonna need to see full video in 4k which i do not believe existed at the time evidence that jason giambi stole two entire i watched every yeah. single baseball game that jason giambi played in for the colorado rockies and I, he stole two whole bases two it was second both times right yeah he must have been the trail runner i'm guessing uh, I, 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 didn't, I didn't go on that a, far on a double steal he was the trail runner on a double steal both times sometimes you need to stop the research at a point otherwise it's going <laughs> to ruin the entertainment factors Tavares also in 2008 uh when he stole those 68 bases um he was caught stealing uh seven times which is the most uh or rather um 91 stolen base percentage that's Pretty darn good. Also, when Eric Young uh, Sr. stole those six bases in a game, you know who the catcher was? Himself. No. Um, you're like, what? Uh, you were waiting there with bated breath. Who? Was it It was himself? Was it? No. Hall of Famer Mike Piazza. All six. Oh, okay. There you go. I was, I was actually, because you asked, I was going to reach and say, like, was it Pudge or something? Because that'd be the weirdest thing, right? Like, Because yeah. if it was like Ron Karkovice, you were like, who gives a crap like, benito santiago i don't know dude someone who caught in the 90s get off benito is on the brink of like oh okay that's a good question and also who gives it like yeah there's a lot of baseball fans like new school they don't know benito santiago but if you grew up in our era you should know yeah. very talented like worst stone base logic to my way into my piazza honestly yeah i think i think you could have too i figured 
you know, I, I don't well, know how, how much enjoyment people, yeah. people are getting out of a random stolen base <laughs> trivia thing. It could be more postseason, uh, off season thing. Oh, thank you. Um, all right, worst stolen base percentage. Mm. Uh, honorable mention, Vinny Castilla. Oh. I think he was at forty percent for his career. Uh, Twenty-two stolen bases, thirty-two. This is great one, This is people who think they're fast but aren't. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and then then the top three, if you will, Daryl Boston from the original Rockies was one for seven, was caught stealing six times. He had, I think going into the season, he had 97 career stolen bases. So I think in his head, maybe he was thinking, got to get to 100 no matter what. And at a certain point, Don right. Baylor had to be like, would you stop, please? You, you're getting caught a lot. There's you're a, not good at this. There's a... A, a scene in, in the West Wing. It's been a long time since I've referenced the West Wing on the show. I used to do it a lot. And uh, one of the characters is just reading the box score from a basketball game the night before. And a guy had gone like 0 for 14 or like 1 for 14 from the field, but 6 of 7 from the free throw line. And the character basically just says like, first of all, don't you think at some point the coach would have said, hey, kid, it's not your night? And second of all, what the hell is the defense doing at some point? Don't you just point this guy toward the basket and get the hell out of his way? So when you start doing you get thrown out often enough, someone puts their hand on your shoulder and goes, you don't have to do that. Yeah, yeah, poor, poor uh, timing, to say the least. Uh, Justin Morneau, 0 for 3. In his uh, two years with the Rockies, he, he was going at all, though. Again. Yeah, yes. So I followed that up, and I said, "Oh, he's five for fifteen in his career, uh, and three of his five career stolen bases came in his age twenty-five year." Lo and behold, eight years after that, he's with Colorado at altitude, <laughs> going, "Yeah, this is a good idea. Let me swipe second. Not sure." And the guy with the most. Uh, Played appearances with the Rockies. I think uh, did he have four hundred? I forget what the number was. But with the most, without a single stolen base and without a single attempt, Pat Valeka never bothered. Really? So if you're ever, you know, again, bar bet, maybe DNVR bar, whatever it is, you could you could get somebody. Or if someone's telling a story about, oh man, what a game! And then I remember Valeka stole second, and he scored on a, on a little bloop single, and you go. I'm calling you out. BS right Bullshit. there. He never even attempted a stolen base with the Rockies. You know Carl Pilkington from uh, – Yes, Ricky I haven't Gervais. heard that name in a very long time. Yes. Yeah, from the Ricky Gervais. Yes. Bullshit. <laughs> Someone says they saw Pat Valenka steal a bit. That is amazing. Last I, last year in the, in the pandemic-shortened season, he did attempt to steal a base. He tried it twice. Really? Tried being the keyword. He was caught stealing twice. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I don't we've missed the ball on this one. I mean, if, if you're coming to DNVR Rockies, you should be coming for coverage of Pat Valeka stolen base gate. He finally got one this year and we missed it. We missed it, people. Uh, I'm sorry. We will do better. That is amazing. I he got one. Even, yeah. They let him they let him go. <laughs> they let him steal a He base. went. He did on yeah, like like we've wow. got in our uh, for all of our comments, those watching, uh, those of you watching live on YouTube. Yeah, it could have been you know defensive indifference, perhaps. Uh, but you know what, well, Patty Barrels deserves it. 
Yeah, we had a whole, remember, we, we had that whole catch. I believe you at one point, I, the statute of limitations on this has passed. Did you not deliver the, the news at one point to Tony Walters about a, a stolen base statistic that hadn't gone? Yeah. This is stuff that gets followed up on, folks. Yeah, and you don't need to tell the whole story or anything, but it's, All right. well, it, it's stuff that is interesting to know that, like, when stuff gets called defensive indifference or stolen bases and how it affects people's stats is fascinating. Yeah, 20, 2018, obviously, Walters kind of bursts on the scene a little bit. Obviously, it helps. He gets the the big hit in Chicago in, in the NL wildcard game against the Cubbies there. They win it. Iconic moment, probably top five. You know, it will forever be that. Yeah. And so people are like, yeah, but how is he even in this game? How is he in the league? What is his defense? Yeah. All right, so maybe he's he's on the fringes of getting a nomination for the Gold Glove Award. Defense is a huge part of his game. And something happened in a, in a weird early season. It could have been April, could have been May. And, you know, reporters had left. And I go, hey, Tony, did you see that they gave so-and-so a stolen base? Not thinking, trying to do the small talk thing. Because, again, you're building relationships with people because you can get more information later on down the line. And he kind of whipped his head up like, what's that? What's Hold on a second there, Pat. Yeah. Hey, can, can somebody – and I was like, oh, I just – really kind of stepped in it a little bit uh but he appreciated it but i did stir up some stuff delivered information now you your job is to be a conduit for information and that flows both ways there's nothing i was wrong more like it. a conduit for electricity in the literal <laughs> sense there so but it's all right it was like come on man I, we, we weren't lined up they gave him a stolen base we were we were it was defensive indifference i didn't even come with the throw they uh so did did willie Tavares do what yeah, he he we 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 discussed Mr. Oh, Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, we definitely couldn't have missed it. He's he's probably ahead of Charlie in the depth chart. I think yeah. he can still give it to to Eric Young Sr. Sure. Willie Tavares, even though he's he's behind Charlie in stolen bases, and then we'll we'll stick Charlie third there. Yeah, because it's again, if you if you've got the advantage of being on the team longer, obviously those counting statistics are you know gonna gonna seemingly weigh a lot more, but. You know, Tavares was there. I mean, and maybe even make the case that Tavares was the greatest base stealer, but uh, you, you can hit it from all different kinds of angles. But it was good to see that. Hey, first on base of the season. Wait a minute. Let's go down this rabbit hole since they're going to get swept by the Dodgers and we, you got to have something interesting to talk about. And look, we ended up having our cake and eat it too. And yes, Brett, we, we should not go in this conversation ever without mentioning that Dante Bichette had a 30-30 year. That is one of the most random ass 30 oh remember that show damn oh now i'm gonna totally blank on oh we can we can try to, i'm sure we're you gonna are. do this game again yeah we're gonna do this game by the way don't forget that um larry walker did have a 40 30 season 40 30 in his mvp year in 97 all right there let's play the game a, a game show on mlb network and the contestants usually were like people who worked for teams and stuff. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. I remember uh, that. And they would come in, and typically the way the questions were set up, this doesn't exist anymore. We should totally steal this idea and just do it for our show because I don't think anyone else is doing it. We'll call it something else, whatever. They'll say it was our idea. Or we'll just credit the people that came up with it and call it an homage. Show business, baby. Um, but the the questions tended to be like big categories of things so it would you know you'd have to and then whoever named the most name uh american or uh mlb players who have had 30 
home runs and 30 stolen bases seasons and getting Dante Bichette as one of the people who's done that in the history of baseball would have been a major win on that game show. For, yes. Because he'd be one of the people you would totally forget. Was it called baseball IQ? Will wants to say. Yeah. Just, just found it. And, and they even have episodes of different people playing against each other. There's even on MLB.com something from last March. So maybe they, maybe they did bring it back, but I remember that. And, you know, they would, uh, you know, donate money to, to various charities. But yeah, it was this thing of like, all right, 3,000 hits. There have been 30 yeah. guys with 3,000 hits. Go back and forth, see who you can name. You want to name the obvious ones first yeah. rather than the obscure ones. Like, you're not saying Bichette first. You're saying right. that one because that one's the one that's going to get you out of the hole because you know the other guy's not going to remember that. Right. Oh, man. I am. I, I literally had that just popped in my head. I hadn't thought about that show in probably five years. They even had Sports Jeopardy for a while. I think. Jeff yeah. Probst might have even hosted that, the, the guy from Survivor. I know yeah. he did Rock and Roll Jeopardy. And uh, the radio, Dan, Dan Patrick did some of that for a little while. My mom watched. My mom mm. kills me at Sports Jeopardy. <laughs> but, uh, um, all right. Yeah, I see. I knew she'd be on. She's like, is there still Sports Jeopardy? I knew she'd yes, be Yes, there is. Yeah, yes, yeah. there is. Yeah. This is a great time to let you all know that Sports Jeopardy does still exist. Let's it's every go. Tuesday night at the DNVR bar. Boom. How about Boom. that? That's right. Come down to the DMVR bar on Tuesday. Michael, appreciate you. Yeah, we're going to have a Tuesday. Our guy you hear is going to be the host. We've all submitted questions from the various beats. Come down, flex. I think it starts at 6 o'clock on Tuesday. So this is perfect. If you're watching it right now, you've got close to 48 hours to study. If you listen to the podcast, sure thank hope you. I have that Pat Valeka question. <laughs> no, that is not on there. I wish, right? <laughs> that should be it. Hey, if you're if you're in the Discord room, I maybe I'll 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 give you one or I you know we will be your phone a friend. We'll see what it is. Uh oh. All right. Let me do this and let's wrap up with 20th and Blaze because I almost totally forgot about it. I think that. there's a Ryan Altapia question I submitted. Um I don't know, I don't know what he did to deserve him being the correct answer, but I'm pretty sure I remember seeing something. I know he did all the things, baby did all the things. Speaking of all the things you can get all the things you want at illegal Pete's. They got delicious foods for you down there. I love illegal Pete's man. Everybody does. There's no, there's no one who's like, ah, illegal Pete's. No, I don't want any. It's just like, you may not be in the mood that particular day, but any day you feel like going out, getting yourself some festive, easy, Mexican cuisine, get over to Illegal Pete's, get yourself a burrito, burrito bowl. If you're like our guy Spence, feeling it out there, they got all kinds of fun specials and deals going on all the time. And I really do appreciate the fact that they're helping out the community by giving you a free draft beer or house marg with purchase of an entree. If you show them a ticket to any event in the Denver area, you've been out supporting the world out there, going to shows, going to sporting events. Uh, music, comedy, whatever you're doing, helping out the community, spending a few dollars in the community. Well, they'll save you a few dollars by eating some just delicious food at Illegal Pete's and having a nice house margarita. It's a win-win-win situation for everybody. Take care of yourself and take care of one of our favorite sponsors just to go hang out at. They got one just down the street from the DNVR bar at Illegal Pete's. And of course, you know, it's been a hot, hot summer, fellas, and you got to get Manscaped. It's just time. It's well past time. If you haven't been yet, you're you're late to the party, but that's okay. It's all right. You're still invited. It's time to get it done. You want to feel good. 
You want to smell good. You want to be taken care of. And that means you've got to take care of yourself first. Get Manscaped. Use that lawnmower 4.0. Trim it all up. Also in the package that you get, which is some spritzer, some deodorant, really comfortable pair of boxers. End up changing your life a little bit. You go, oh man, I'd, I feel all uncomfortable all the time. These boxers are amazing. And it also helps that your manscape. That's also part of what helps you feel totally amazing as well. So do it. Check it all out. Use the promo code DNVR. You'll get free shipping and 20% off at manscaped.com. All right, Patrick. Pa- Patrick, what, what what was it? What is your name again? No, on another planet. That's what they call me. But on this one, Patrick. Patrick. That's right. So a little bit of a spin on twentieth and Blaze for this one, rather than just going with the five guys. Or uh, I think we cheated again and and do. Uh, we love cheating and squeezing an extra body here or there. Uh, but not just for the last week. Well, because as you said, I mean, the Rockets have played three games in the last week and reaching back before that would have seemed silly. They're still really on fire from last Friday. I'll tell you that much. Just went with the first half here. So here are your five, six Colorado Rockies who deserved 20th and blaze honors for their first half performance. Coming in at number five, we've got the home run derby man, Trevor story, along with the crab man. Rymel Tapia, you know, interesting kind of tale of one guy who's kind of his stock is rising uh, with each season in Rymel Tapia and another guy whose stock isn't what we thought it would be in Trevor Story, yet each of them are have been contributing as, as big-time players for Colorado right now. We'll see what happens with the, the Story trade. I am starting to uh, now uh, – recognized my thought process from the beginning of the season and I'm going to stick with him not getting traded. Uh, I think that probably won't happen uh, for better or worse. Uh, But, you know, shoot, Trevor Story has still been playing really solid. His defense has been really great. Again, just just look at the metrics. It might not be like, oh, man, he's one of the elite shortstops this year. No, but he's above average and he's really great at what he does. So he deserves that recognition along with Tapia, who's, you know, again, continued – to make growth and um, he might not reach a, a superstar level status, but doesn't matter. He's still one of the the key members of the offense right now that helps, you know, make it go. And you could certainly say maybe one of the issues that they had for much of this series and not producing as many runs as you typically would have liked is well, simply the fact that Tapia is, is still kind of out and maybe uh, battling some kind of injury bug. Yeah. He's, he's got a little bit of a bug. It sounds like not, not COVID related, but uh, a little bit under the weather. So it sounds like, um, you know, we'll, we'll get an update on that about Tapia. But yeah, you, you can tell it makes a difference when he's not in there. And you're right. I, I like the way you framed that. It's like they've probably been of relatively equal value throughout the season. And for Tapia, that's like, hey, great. Look at him go. He's really proven himself. And for story, you're like, mm, kind of expecting a little bit more out of him. And that's when you're a superstar, man. But that's actually when you know for sure that you're a superstar is when like this is your floor, when this is like your your off time and 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 story's been off, but he's still sitting it there with double digit home runs, really good defense. When he gets on base, he he can steal a bag with relative ease. He's been among the the leaders there. One thing I did want to point out about Tapia, uh, just have been going through his defense and his base running have been much much improved this year, and so 
that's another thing that I think, you know, we, we love the hit streaks. We love the contact the things I always like to point to, but that's the other big thing for me that is why he needed to at least be on the list. We couldn't leave either of these guys off the list. That's why we got them both there. Tapia has got to be there because in addition to all the contact stuff he's bringing as a driving force atop the lineup and, and, you know, you can see the lack of it, especially in a game like today where they really had a couple opportunities. They could have brought in more runs with just some contact. Um, the defense and, and base running really good. So hopefully keeps going. Number four is going to be John Gray. We already talked about the Gray Wolf a little bit. Should be noted, of course, that since he's come back from the IL in his 30 innings uh, since the middle of June, he's only given up eight earned runs which means he has a 2.40 ERA across his last five starts. That's good. And and straight off the IL, too. And you and I talked about yes. before that first one. Like, give him a game, maybe two, just usually one at this level because you got some rehab starts. But that one game to work back into it, he ain't need that at all. He came right back out and, and has been fantastic. So, yeah. Number three, Ryan McMahon started off hot. Cooled down, but you know what? He deserves to be this high on the list for that defense, right? He's He's been doing a lot more at, at third base with Brendan Rodgers, kind of uh, finding his groove and, and, and being a, a much more positive contributing member of the big league club now that he's healthy. And so McMahon still leads the team in, in home runs. And, you know, he might not be batting right there in the middle of the order uh, at, at this point. But, again, all things considered, you just stop and look at the numbers and you go, yeah, this has been uh, the best offensive player that the Rockies have had this year. Maybe not by a lot, but he's been the best. Yeah, he's been their best position player. He's he's been their offense, best offensive player, mainly just through the home runs, and and has been up and down. Obviously, you know the hot and cold streaks. It, it is interesting because even you know after the hot start, he still did things like taking Jacob Degrom deep. With that was technically after that he had cooled from the hot start, and and a few other things. You know the big double in this one. Uh, against Kenley Jansen today. Oh, you're muted. You're muted there. Um, Four extra base hits in a game, which yeah, Wookie Betts just did the other night, and it's only happened with three guys so far this season. McMahon is on that list, right? Um, but for me, the the biggest thing actually, and it is, is like if you extrapolate, and you know, when people like to have these debates, we were talking about the debate over greatest earlier, uh, most valuable player. Ryan McMahon to me has been the Colorado Rockies' most valuable player for his ability to move around the diamond. And it hasn't mattered quite as much in last week. You said it might not matter as much moving forward if Rodgers is really cementing himself. But look at all of the time. We talked about coming into this year. What's the most important thing for the Colorado Rockies? Win a bunch of games? Probably not. It's all about development. Development, development, development. And Ryan McMahon being able to play third, some second, a little bit. I don't know he's stepped over to first. But that he could if in a pinch you need him to. Um, has allowed more playing time for Hampson, Daza, for Rodgers to be comfortably integrated back into the lineup and the roster in a way that benefits him the best so that they can get the most out of Brendan Rodgers going forward. And if Ryan McMahon is a less versatile or a less capable defender, you're not able to do that. So for me, yeah, his defense and versatility have really made it so that the Rockies have been able to find out some good things about some other guys. Number two on our list is a guy whose name we haven't heard of a lot in the last couple weeks. It's because he's been on the IL, but yet still garnered a second-place finish here in the first half, and that would be the Blake Street Gomber himself. 
Austin Gomer, since the month of April, he's been one of the best pitchers, or at least was before he went on the IL. Uh, in, in Major League Baseball, not walking guys, striking out a ton of guys. Did make a rehab start on Friday night down in Albuquerque. And I hope to have him back somewhat soon. Really kind of just uh, solidify that starting rotation because it's been been very promising what we've seen from Austin Gomber so far in the first half. Yeah. Yeah, very, 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 very very good. <laughs> just, been. Uh, we've, 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 I think, run through all the statistics at this point, and sadly, he hasn't been able to update them recently. We'll see him back out there pretty soon, uh, I, and I'm excited. I think he's the guy I'm just most excited to watch in the second half. Eight Colorado Rockies pitchers have been named to the National League All-Star team. Six of them have pitched, and none of them have given up an earned run. One of those men you saw on Tuesday night, Herman Marquez. He's number one in our first half, 20th in Blaze Street. Earned that all-star berth, nearly threw a no-hitter. Continues to go out with dominant stuff. We will see him here against Seattle again. You may want to get tickets for that ball game because that is uh, it's kind of like a no-hitter alert. Like I think Whenever that Seattle. has to be put down. Right, you, you can never predict one really. But if, if, if you're like, man, I really want to see one, and Marquez is going to do it eventually, and it's at home, man, oh, man, you got to like his odds against the Mariners this week. Maybe it happens. He's number one. He's been the best in the first half of the Rockies. He's been the best. I, I, I sent out the tweet. During the All-Star game, because, well, we were all feeling good. <laughs> and I said he's the greatest pitcher in the history of the Colorado Rockies. And I actually got way more people just liking and retweeting it. A handful of people going like, well, hang on a minute. Because we were all feeling good, right? But again, it's it. we're at the point now where it comes down to how you define the word. That, that's where Herman Marquez is at. Maybe it's Ubaldo Jimenez. Maybe it's John Gray. Someone hit me up with Jeff Francis. I love you. Jorge De La Rosa. Jorge. If you want to say, hey, the Colorado Rockies are nothing without their relievers. So let's take the greatest reliever they've had in Steve Reed. Again, sure. I think only those in his family would make that argument. But they wouldn't be wrong. They, would, they would be a decent no, argument. I, I but still, be. right, it, it is debatable yeah. to a degree. To a degree. And and I'm jumping the gun a little bit here, but now with the Bud Black megaphone to the world of we're not moving this guy, whether it is or is not Herman Marquez is a matter of time, is a matter of weeks or months, a year, not years, not years for Armand Marquez. It'll be a statistical reality by this time next year that he's just the best pitcher in Rockies history. So if I'm calling this pot early, barely. You know, unless maybe they maybe they re-sign, extend, do whatever with John Gray, and he stays that, like, half a step ahead of him. He's been his whole career. But John Gray is 29 years old, about to turn 30. Marquez is still 26. He's a baby. It, it's, this isn't going to be close. By the time Marquez is done with it, yeah, especially if he sticks around, right? Like it's, and even if he does go, I mean, Ubaldo went, so he wasn't able to compile mm -hmm. 
quite like Jorge De La Rosa did in, in some categories and stuff. So, um, yeah, he's just pound for pound. That's it. Just he's he's number one on our list for the first half. He's uh, he's certainly in the conversation right there, if not a slam dunk uh, for number one, just all time at this point. Yeah. You're right. You got to get on D-line for the shirt. It's time. We need the King Marquez shirt. The King of Colorado Rockies pitching Armand Marquez. It's the man. Let's get it done. All right. Well, we appreciate y'all hanging out with us. You know, Rockies won the baseball game. Not the series, uh, but they didn't get swept by the Dodgers, who y'all know. It's just winning one against those guys has been a chore. And it was. It was. They blew it twice. <laughs> but <laughs> they also won it, which is what matters the most if you're uh, enjoying yourself. A little post-Charlie Blackman walk-off Breck Brew right now. We appreciate you doing that. We hope you're subscribed to the DNVR.com. That way you can get access to all of our written content. You do get a bigger beer when you come down to the DNVR bar. You get to hang out with us in the Discord channel. We were having a lot of fun watching this one today. It's an absolute blast in there. Just, just Chris Owings and Matt Adams coming through in, in a big clutch moment. We're just like, well, okay, yes, sure. Yes, that is what these Rockies are. It's hilarious, but it's fun. So we're going to keep having hilarious fun uh, through this next week. Day off, couple against Seattle, then another day off. That's a, they've done that a couple times this year. It's been weird scheduling, but whatever, whatever the schedule may be, we're going to be there with you through all of it. So do hang out with us. But again, by subscribing to DNVR.com, by following everyone on social media at Patrick D Lines, at Drew Creaseman, at DNVR underscore Rockies, and our friend at Drew Goodman forty two. Can't forget about Goody. He's going to be back on the show again this week. If you were wondering, or next week, I should say, if you were wondering where he was for this week, I know a handful of you were, did catch up with him. Actually, I got to say, Patrick caught up with him during, in the middle of the, of, of like all of it, of the stuff. You got you to listen in to see who is listening to our conversation. Does Cliff Floyd bust in and burst into our conversation? Is it? Is it Thomas Harding? Perhaps. I is it Adam Frazier of the Pirates? Do you hear him in the background? Does he come in? Stick around and you'll you'll hear that audio right now. You know, stick around and find out right after this. In the meantime, thank you all for being absolutely awesome. We promise to continue being absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. We're down here on the field with Drew Goodman. Goody, can you encapsulate what's happened here at Coors Field so far this week? A lot of people. Uh, there's a lot of people from uh, other teams I've noticed. Um, there looks to be a lot of the big names here. It's fascinating. And in the stands, there's a lot of teams represented, like maybe all of them. It's really, it is fascinating. It's been a while since I've been to an All-Star game, and I kind of forgot how much this is just a baseball convention where it's not just the media people and the players it's the fans as you said enjoying the game and really soaking it all up yeah i mean obviously i was having fun there a moment ago uh but it's awesome it's awesome and we know this from going to the winter meetings it's when everyone in the industry is together and that's kind of uh you know a cluster you know what with people moving and you know 
everybody's flying around lobbies, and then all of a sudden, you know, Scott Boris is doing a press conference, and then people are hustling it because so and so is doing a press conference. So um, this is uh, this is fun, and, you know, the postseason. I don't even know if it attracts as many people right now as it does the All-Star Game. And, it, and it's great to see. It's great, certainly, to see a full house. It's great to see normal. And I'm, I'm so proud, and I'm sure you are also, of our community. To see, um, I, I know it's a little controversial how Denver got it this year, but we were going to get it in the next couple of years anyhow. And to see our city so vibrant, and it's normally that way anyhow, and the vitality that exists here. Uh, and people realize what a wonderful downtown we have. It's a lot to show off. I just wish, for many reasons, there wasn't so much smoke so people could see the mountains in the background who are not accustomed to being here. Uh, but overall, I mean, this has been just tremendous. It's definitely been a celebration, not just of baseball, but of society coming back in Colorado and Denver coming back. And it was a quite literally a celebration of Trevor's story last night. What were your thoughts on him in the Derby getting the first round, breaking the Rockies record with 20 home runs? in the derby I, w- I was so you know i became a fan you know i was standing up and cheering for trevor because he's a rocky um and obviously we don't know how long that'll be but he's a rocky and he's been a rocky and he's and, and, and as you well know patrick because we're around him uh he's a great kid he's somebody you'd root for even if he was wearing uh, another jersey uh, so i was uh you know i had just like i'm sure a lot of fans particular pride in I wanted to see him do well, and I'm glad he was able to get out of the first round. And he hit one 518 feet, which was the second longest uh, last night. So uh, I was I was happy for him. Pete Alonso winning the whole thing, 309 home runs, hit all together something like 26 miles worth of home runs. What else can you say about the Derby last night? It it was awesome. I was asked on MLB Network today, did any balls go to places that I hadn't seen before? Because, again, you and I are here all the time. We watch a ton of batting practice. And, actually, the one that stood out for me, because some of the other ones happen rapid fire, and you're like, oh, where'd that one land? I mean, the one, anytime anybody goes to the third deck, it's ridiculous. But when Shohei Otani came out to warm up, and he only took about a half a dozen swings before the derby. This was about an hour before the derby. He hit one up really to the fourth level. And I, I've never seen a ball up there, uh, so it, it was cool. Pete Alonso said, it, you know, we talk about Degrom being from a different planet. When it comes to winning home run derbies, Pete Alonso's different, man. I mean, it seems like he can crank out whatever number he needs. Yeah, the, the polar bear is not going instinct as far as hitting home runs is concerned. And finally, hey, let's kind of wrap on the Rockies. What do you know? They won two out of three in San Diego, going into the break, feeling good. It was a great way to finish because they, they truly are playing well at home. I mean, and playing well against good teams. They're stringing together hits. They get the occasional homer um, at home. The pitching has been, over the last 18 games, we've never had a better runner starting pitching. So it's historically good. Not only good for the Rockies in their history, it, it's number one in all of baseball over the last three weeks, almost a month, I believe. So... Uh, that's been that's been really fun to watch, but to see it translate where they where they actually you know were competitive on the road three and three take two out of three from a really good team in San Diego it's a great way to finish and um, you know we'll see how they how they build on it I, I you know overall I you know they, they had some young guys coming along I want to see Brendan Rodgers progress in the second half but that rotation 
and it's going to get Gobber back. That rotation is going to continue to be good. And speaking of good and finishing up, what can we uh, look forward to hearing on the Drew Goodman podcast this week? Kind of what you've probably been doing, Patrick, you and Drew, is it's a compilation of, uh, you know, you know, three, four-minute interviews with various all-stars. And so it's it's kind of, a, I don't want to call it a hodgepodge because that's, that's not making it sound really good, is it? Smorgasbord? Smor- yeah, I like that. A, a, a smorgasbord of, uh, of your favorite American League and National League all-stars. Thanks for taking a couple minutes to talk about it. Uh, it's going to be a great all-star game. Looking forward for it. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I'll be back with you guys uh, next week and take a little R&R for a few days. But um, this is this is a blast, man. I, I'm, I'm proud of our city and, and uh, the Rockies and, and the city whipped this together in 13 weeks, which is pretty remarkable. Thank you, Goody. Bye, buddy. See you, Patrick.